This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Thank you so much for staying with me. If you're hanging over from the first hour, if you're just joining me now, welcome to the program. Matt, thanks always for your great assistance with the technical production. God knows is I can only turn things on and off that were. Anyway, but uh, W-H-I-R-R, or W-H-I-R. Anyway, better check that. So I'm Maureen McGrath, and uh, I'm a researcher and a blogger and TEDx speaker, and we're talking sex, but we also talk health on this program, and we talk issues and policy and topical subjects, and we, of course, talk about feminism, and we were just talking about that, uh, if you missed it, uh, at the latter part of the first hour. I I have an email that I do want to read and and talk to you about uh, the feminine power, but uh, I want to let you know what's coming up in this part of the program, this half of the program. We're into the second hour already. Um, We're talking with Maxine friend. She is a spiritual healer, psychic, and coach. So we're going to be talking about uh, getting over past loves and who hasn't experienced that. And that can be very challenging for for people. It can really impact your, your life. We're also going to be talking about those beards and uh, do the do chicks dig those beards on guys and how long, how much, how long and... Uh, <laughs> People are shaking their heads no. Um, and uh, is do uh, men with beards actually get hit on more so than those clean-shaven types? Also going to be talking about, and I know you've been waiting for something to, something to stand up here, and uh, this is certainly a stand-up topic, priapism. I had a patient who had a, uh, it was reported to me that he had a, nine-hour erection. I know what a lot of you guys are thinking, but that's not the case, and I will clarify that as well. And then how to take care of yourself when your mental health may not be up to snuff uh, for 2017, how to get yourself off to a, a great start. I heard a really inspirational story today about a guy who had, was suffering with mental health challenges and later diagnosed with schizophrenia, and he uh, dealt with it with you know, acceptance of it, taking his medication, living a healthy life, nutrition, sleep, exercise, exercise, exercise. Exercise is so great for young men. So hit the gym, uh, especially in regard to your um, how you feel about yourself and your, your self-esteem. But we were talking about feminism and the feminine divine, and I had an email from Randall. And Randall says, Dear Maureen, in regard to one of your callers, can you explain the difference between feminine inside, I believe he means the feminine divine, uh, or the divine feminine, and emotion? There is a huge difference, says Randall. There is no feminine in me, but lots of emotion and compassion. Well, I've never met you, Randall. I've never heard from you before either, but I can tell you, The divine feminine is a creative force that is within all things and every person on this planet, including the masculine person. It's that nourishing, powerful giver of life. It's the energy of love and compassion, which you mentioned. It's of peace and transformation. And it's it's an ancient, all-knowing, and the roots stretch back to all through time. 
itself. So it's it's a return to the natural world and the natural cycles and the heartbeat of this planet. So I beg to differ with you. You do ebb and flow with the rest of the divine feminine of this earth. So honor the tides within you and honor that part of you that is that feminine. Because when you connect to your feminine, you tap into a depth that allows a giant yes, and it allows you to surrender to the, the magic and that mystery that is this universe. So try not to deny it. Try and embrace your divine feminine because it allows you to awaken to all of those parts that maybe have remained hidden or oppressed. And it's, it's largely about a deeper connection to your own feelings, your emotions, your pleasures, and your body, of course. So that divine feminine is really important. And yes, Randall, you have it too. Uh, So that's what I have to say about the difference. There isn't any. (laughs) Thanks, Randall, for your email. I appreciate it. Right now, uh, in my clinical practice, which is in North Vancouver, I also have an office in Vancouver. I see a lot of patients, if you call them clients, who cannot get over a past love. In fact, they may move on to another love. And if you have a question about this, if you're trying to get over a past love, give us a call 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Many people present to my clinical practice and they are suffering. They are heartbroken. They cannot get somebody out of their head because somebody is deeply embedded within. They struggle. It affects their job. It affects their life. It affects their health, their sleep. It affects every aspect of their lives. So getting over somebody is really difficult. And and I walk them through in one way. But Maxine Friend, who is a psychic healer, coach and spiritual healer, joins me in the studio. And she sees a lot of the same clients that, that I see, people who are trying to get over past loves. And she tells me it's all about the energy. Now, I believe in energy. And uh, Maxine, thank you so much for coming into the studio to talk about this very important subject. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. Okay, so getting over past loves, it's not easy. Why isn't it easy for people to get somebody out of their head? We think about somebody, we may have had a relationship with them, we may have, we may not have. Sometimes people may have a, a crush on somebody or think about somebody or think that they're attracted to somebody. They may not even have met them in the world of sexting and texting and, and secret phone conversations. They this attraction cannot be forgotten. So what it, where does that stem from, and, and why is it such a problem? Well, I think a lot of us now are extremely connected through the Internet, which we fail to understand sometimes that that, in, in fact, is actually an energetic connection. So anytime you receive a text or any kind of transmission, whether it be through email, those are energetic transmissions that you're receiving from another human being. So when we we connect with other people, there are so many ways now technologically that we can connect with them. And how about, let's let's say the traditional way, we meet somebody in person, or we're in in, in a loving relationship with somebody, we're in a relationship with somebody, and one part of the relationship wants to end it for whatever reason. And 
but the other doesn't. And the other cannot get that person out of their head, regardless of how they've perhaps been treated. Perhaps they've been cheated on. Perhaps they have been um, disrespected. Perhaps the, there was such an imbalance of power that it took away the power within, that it was an unhealthy power. So why is it that we still yearn for that person, that we still want that? What is that connection that initially begins that may lead to that? How is that spirituality, that energy, that sexual attraction all intertwined? I believe that, you know, energetically we do connect with different people, but the really important part is to understand that we invest ourselves emotionally and energetically to another person. So rather it is, you know, you're prepared to leave the relationship or not, rather that be, you know, mutually accepted or not, the result is that you have still emotionally, physically, and energetically have now connected and invested your energy in another human being. So even though and you, they in you, yeah. So why is it so easy for them to leave, and for you not to let them get them out of your head? Well, obviously it depends on the situation, but a lot of times, depending on the nature of the relationship, whoever happens to be the party that's more invested tends to have a more challenging time letting go of a person. And when we connect to somebody energetically, um, like I said, there's so many different ways that we can connect. So how do men and women bond in a relationship? From an energetic standpoint, if we look at someone, let's just use, you know, we're on a sex show. Let's talk about, you know, from, um, you know, what happens energetically when our bodies fuse together. There's actually an energetic cord that forms from our body and goes through our chakra system and actually blends through their body. So not only are we connecting with someone on a very deep physical level, on a sexual level, but we're actually merging our energy with theirs. So it's actually far more profound than maybe you even know. So we are creating new energy yes. with this bond that yes. when, when men and women and, and they and uh, whomever connect. And it can be two people, three people, four oh, people. Oh, it can be ten people. It can be ten people. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here. It can be ten people. So the connections that we make with people in our relationship sphere I've heard you say, are created by the vibration that we are giving off. So I, I understand that, and I talk to my patients about that as well. If you walk into a place, your head is down, you haven't bothered to invest in yourself and you know, make yourself look decent, and you're not looking at anybody, you know, it's really not that great of a vibration that you might be giving off, and you might be missing some opportunities to meet uh, that great person. You might be thinking about the the person that you were in a relationship with. So if you're, if you're not open to a relationship, and there are many different ways to be open to a relationship, so what, what energy does one give off that demonstrates they're not open to a relationship? Well, that's a really interesting question and thought-provoking because you can be this incredibly intelligent woman put together in every sense of the word with the most amazing career, which there are so many Vancouverite women out there that are gorgeous, single, smart, and available. And they may feel vibrationally or within their career and how they look that they are ready for a relationship, you know, a full-time, committed, monogamous relationship, when ultimately, vibrationally, they might be attracting in a different form of energy where it says, you know what, I'm in a relationship with my job. I'm in a full-time relationship with my job. I don't have time for a full-time relationship, even though they feel mentally that they have that 
their energetic sphere is vibrating at a different frequency. So if you're vibrating, maybe not even on a conscious plane, at a different frequency, you may be, you know, attracting a partner that is maybe, for example, um, you know, an example of that would be if, say, you're very invested in your career and you're looking and you're in the dating pool and you're looking for a relationship, you might, in fact, attract a man who's also married to their relationship, or not to their relationship, but to their career. They might be married to their relationship. (laughs) They could be married as well, but also they could also be, you know, successful, good looking and committed. But they their vibrational uh, attraction is to their job as well. So you end up finding someone with a lot of connection and likability, but you're never going to see them. Because they're both committed to something else exactly. outside of that sphere, exactly. if you will. So we're going to talk a little bit about how women, uh, I'm going to ask you to stay in the studio. We're going to talk a little bit about how women may inadvertently become a vibrational match for a married man. I'm lis- I'm, my, you're listening. <laughs> I'm Maureen McGrath, and you're listening to the Sunday Night <laughs> Sex Show on Newstalk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. I'm Maureen McGrath hosting the show for you. I am here with psychic coach and spiritual mentor, Maxine Friend. We are talking about getting over past loves. We're also talking about vibrational matches. And uh, thanks for staying in the studio here with me, carrying on with this conversation, which is oh so interesting. Uh, so women or men, actually can be either one, um, may not be vibrationally open to a full-time relationship, and they may inadvertently become a vibrational match for a married person. So uh, even though that's not what someone is asking for. So why does that happen? What is that all about? Well, a lot of the times it has nothing to do with if they're married or if they're single. When you have to look at your vibration, your physiology of what you're giving off, it happens to be where you invest your energy. So it's very similar to when you're getting over an ex. The person that typically is more invested, as we were discussing earlier, tends to be the person that has a more challenging time getting over their ex. And uh, when we when we discuss when we are, um, you know, moving into vibrational frequencies, you know, we really, you know, there can be a time where you're vibrating at a certain frequency thinking I want a full-time relationship. But again, like I said earlier, you know, you're, you're basically invested in another place. And so inadvertently, you may attract someone who can only provide you with a part-time relationship. What you're vibrating. And I have Dee on the line. Hello, Dee. Oh, hi. How are you? Hi, I'm great. Oh, Thanks. good. So I was listening on the drive, and something that resonated with me that Maxine said is it totally made sense regarding, you know, one person having a harder time letting go because they're more invested than the other person is. But I, And I totally get that, and so thank you for sharing that. Um, in addition to that, Maureen, if I could ask, um, so what do you think this means when a person is, like, focused on their relationship and things are going well, and then all of a sudden, you know, there's... Uh, like a text message will come in from from a past, uh, you know, lover or something like that. What kind of energy is being emitted when something like that happens? Like you're channeling your energy into person A, but person B or C, you know, all of a sudden you sort of pop into their mind and they want to know how you're doing. And so why do you think that happens? Well, I'd say that's really fun, nasty energy, but I'm going to throw to my (laughs) mouth. 
my spiritual healer over here. It was for Maxine that. I understand that. That's why I said I'm throwing to to my spiritual healer, Maxine. So what? Why does that provoke a past love? Sends us a text. Boom, we get all excited. You want to remember that every relationship that we encounter is an assignment, in my humble opinion. And so when we're uh, investing in a current relationship, you want to remember that you're invested in that one and your old relationship may resurface. And I always look at it as a little bit of a test. It's sort of to say, where am I consciously? You know, it's a, a good opportunity to look back retroactively of where was I consciously when I was in that relationship in contrast to where I am today. Good point. So it's a wonderful way to look back and see where you are and take a time to really think about that and reflect upon that relationship. As opposed to jumping back in again, which might be kind of nasty and kind of fun. (laughs) I am going to ask you to stay because we have just a little bit more to cover. I want to talk about what are some of the ways we can let go to these past loves, to these past relationships, and get these people out of our heads and move on so that we can vibrationally meet the right person. I am Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. We are talking getting over past loves. Maxine Friend has joined me in the studio. She is a psychic, a coach, and a spiritual mentor. Maxine, we've been talking about uh, why people have challenges getting over past loves and the energy and the vibration. And uh, so how can people get over past love? What are some of the, what's some of your energetic wisdom? <laughs> well, of course, it depends on the nature of the relationship. If you're married and then you, you get a divorce, you know, you still have to communicate with that person. So the first suggestion would obviously be to set very healthy boundaries. Um, it's very challenging to get over someone if you still have to be in constant contact with them. So if that happens to not be in your scenario, then, um, you know, it's important to really definitely set that boundary. So- I, I met somebody the other night and he said um, he and his wife were, had both been married before and no children. And that was he's just like uh, got divorced from each of them got divorced from their first wife, wife first spouses and he just said it was just easy wrapped it up tied it up hands wiped on never talk to them again so it's it's really you don't necessarily always have to talk to your ex i mean unless you're going through the process i guess well especially when you're first initially breaking up i mean you can't yes. energetically get over someone if you're constantly in contact so with how do them. you energetically get over someone what are some All of right. the strategies so here are a couple of strategies so as we mentioned before um you know there is a cord that is produced um that cycles through your body and to your partner's body that cord doesn't dissipate after you break up with someone so there are some lovely guided meditations that you can look into doing that are called cord cutting exercises. So this is kind of more, you know, in terms of a guided meditation, but you can go onto YouTube and there's a lot of free uh, guided meditations. Just look up cord cutting. It's is very this visual kind of thing that you're yeah. visually like, I, I, I know like if you think about somebody who is jumping off the Burrard Street Bridge or something like that, you might get over them that way. Anyway, that's <laughs> <laughs> I heard that from a patient. Um, <laughs> how about burning their letters? What do you think of that? Yeah, so a lot of times a lot of men and women don't get closure in their relationships in the way that they would like to have it. So a wonderful way to assist in the facilitation of the healing would be to write a letter and express all the feelings that you didn't get to express to them. Oh. When you finish writing the letter, 
burn it. Oh, that's the letter you burn. I thought it was all the letters, which nobody writes letters today anyway, but burn the text messages yeah. uh, or delete them all. And that's another way of, um, exactly. I, I suppose you should delete them. But then sometimes you might want to go back and look at them uh, <laughs> well, <there's something, laughs> if you're nostalgic. There's something very physical about actually writing it down and True. then going through the physical motion of burning it. Tell me about it. Absolutely. Yeah. Burn, baby burn. <laughs> I know. I know. Believe me. Yeah. Um, yeah so what are, what are some of the other things? A couple of other things um, to consider. Um, would be also, you know, get rid of some of the objects. You know, a lot of times we can feel very um, attached to a piece of jewelry or a letter or an email or a photograph. And, you know, this this might be a controversial one, but you want to remember that objects take up energy. Oh. So when you're ready to let Throw someone away that $20,000 ring. Just well, give it to maybe me. maybe you're not letting it go. <laughs> maybe you're re- upcycling it, recycling it, selling it. Maybe you're turning that piece of jewelry into something new that is more representative of yourself and not them. Exactly. And uh, one last thing I want to ask. What about forgiveness? What role does forgiveness play here? There's a very, you know, the concept is uh, of forgiveness is a very lofty discussion uh, that could take a long time. But the most important part when you're initially getting over someone is you don't have to forgive them immediately. But what you have to do is to let go of the negative feelings. So when you think about, you know, it's that, you know, there's that Buddhist proverb that basically says, you know, someone can assault you once, but you can replay that assault hundreds of times in your head over and over again. Well, then who's assaulting who? That's right. Don't let them rent space in your head for free. That's just the exactly the way that yeah. I would put it in my clinical practice, but you put it far more eloquently than <laughs> I do. Maxine Friend, spiritual healer, spiritual mentor, coach, psychic. Thank you so much. You've been terrific on the program tonight. It's a great conversation. Thank and you we'll, so much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. And we'll definitely have you back. I am Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. I am Maureen McGrath. We're talking sex and health, relationships, your body, love, everything. Anything you want to talk about, you can call me 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. If you're shy, the shy and retiring type, you can uh, email me, sextalk at cknw.com. I love your emails. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get to this week's emails tonight because we've got lots to cover. And I want to go talk about a subject. uh, I want to be straight up about this one. Priapism. Now, you've heard the commercials. You've seen the commercials about the four-hour erection. And uh, most guys' reaction to that is fantastic. Why wouldn't I want to have a four-hour erection? (laughs) Your reaction to the erection is a problem. Uh, So it was great education that Viagra has done during all of the football commercials, uh, football games, the commercial time. But it actually, that was such incredible education, but it missed the point a little bit, missed the mark ever so slightly because... When you have an erection that lasts longer than four hours, and it may or may not be due to the PDE5 inhibitors like Viagra, Levitra, Cialis, uh, Staxon, may or may not be due. In fact, it's less than 1% that that are caught. Less than 1% of priapism cases are caused by those medications. Priapism is an uncommon disorder. However, it is a medical emergency. And so the reason this came to be was because a nurse (laughs) recently that I work with, uh, just by happenstance, uh, reported to me that this 
patient of ours had had a nine-hour erection. And, and the reaction to that was, um, she said, well, he wouldn't let me examine it, so, um, but, but somebody else witnessed it and said it was purple. That's not a good sign. I'm sure you all know that. Uh, because it's about blood flow. And so it's basically that the, there's no detumescence. So tumescence is when the blood fills up in the penis and detumescence is the relaxation. So as long as, I mean, it's fine to have an erection, but if you have one that long without detumescence so that it becomes flaccid, that the blood flows out of it, then it can be a problem. And so I thought, well, if a healthcare professional and nothing um, you know, against her, this is not, um, this is education, this is not an ex- experience that she had had. Um, but she said the person who had witnessed it, she, she actually didn't really believe that person because that person had a history of exaggerating or, or something to that effect. And, and when she asked to examine the patient, the patient refused. So I encouraged her to go back and, and examine the patient. And that was quite important. And, and she didn't really see the, didn't really, I had to really educate her around the importance of this. Although not all forms of priapism require immediate intervention, ischemic priapism is associated with progressive fibrosis of the cavernosal tissues and erectile dysfunction. So all patients, because of this, need to be evaluated emergently in order to intervene as early as possible in those patients that may have ischemic priapism. So, and the goal of the management is for all of these patients with priapism is to achieve that detumescence and preserve erectile function. And so that's the big risk here is if you have a sustained erection, you risk erectile function. So unfortunately, some of those treatments aimed at priapism have potential complication of erectile dysfunction. So there's a range of options, and they are applied in a bit of a stepwise pattern. And it's we always start conservatively with in healthcare, or I like to think that we do, or we ought to. That would be good. And we risk balance against that likelihood of that prolonged ischemia. And ischemia means lack of oxygen um, to a body part. So you risk permanent damage to parts of your penis, specifically the corpora cavernosa, which is where the blood flows in. Um, In that penis, there's some spongy um, tissue in there, and that absorbs it, and that's how you get your erection. That's why it's so important. Your blood flow is so important. So there are a couple of types of priapism. There's the ischemic one, which is uh, non-sexual. So this you in this type of priapism there's no sexual stimulation it's non-sexual persistent erection and that is actually little or no cavernous blood flow and abnormal cavernous blood gases so you have low oxygen there high carbon um a co2 and it it is acidic so the corpora cavernosa in the penis are rigid and tender to palpation so that's how it is diagnosed and, and it's gen- generally painful for men um so 
ischemic priapism is, is an emergency, and so we had to rule this out. So non-ischemic or arterial high-flow priapism is also non-sexual persistent erection, and that's caused by the unregulated unre- cavernous blood arterial blood flow. So there's also intermittent priapism is another way. But this is a medical emergency. This is my point. Uh, you need to look at the history. How long has the erection been ongoing, has been sustained? What is the degree of pain? Has there been a previous history of priapism and what were the treatments? What are the drugs that people are on? Often some of the drugs that are used for mental illness, like Thorazine is one that comes to mind, that may actually promote priapism. Um, Some of the antihypertensives, some of the anticoagulants, antidepressants. uh, Marijuana can cause it. Alcohol can cause it. Cocaine, other illegal substances, uh, and other vasoactive agents. So we are actually, you know, there are tests that are that are done. Um, so this is why it's important that when you watch these football games and when you think, gee, I'd love that four-hour erection, think again. Uh, because you may need to actually go in to have this evaluated. There may be an underlying medical condition. There, um, You may need to have... Uh, injections into your penis to remove some of the blood. So the treatment depends upon the cause, and that's generally with any uh, medical condition. So there's uh, lots to learn about this. This is quite uh, an in-depth subject and quite an important subject as well. So it's not to be taken lightly, even though we may, I know certainly lots of jokes have been made about this particular subject. When I come back, so are the hottest guys in the city, the ones with the beards? I'm Maureen McGrath. I don't know. We'll talk about it. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. (laughs) Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. I am Maureen McGrath. We're talking all things sex and health and relationships and psychic medium and everything. And I have Chris on the line. Hello, Chris. Hey, how you doing? Good, thanks. How are you? Not bad. Good. All right. Now, I was just talking, you're talking about the priapism, right? Yes. Priapism. That's also caused by prostateitis as well. So it can be, it can be other functions, like it can be uh, also like um, urinary tract infection, stuff like that can cause that as well. I had that issue with having to explain it to my doctor, and uh, it's, Going for the initial exams, you don't want another man checking out your junk and all that stuff. Right. Did, let's go. Let's just st- take a step back there, Chris. Did you have prostatitis? Yes. Okay. Yes, there are many medical conditions that can cause this. Sickle cell disease can cause this as well. Urinary tract infections, as you say, and uh, prostatitis. So, an, an enlargement of the prostate gland. May I ask you how old you are? Because you sound young. Uh, fifty. Fifty. Okay. So, what age were you when you had this? Uh, two years ago. Two years ago. So at 48 years of age, you had priapism. And how long did the erection last? Uh, between one to five hours. It would come and come and go. So it, it, you had intermittent. Intermittent, yes. Okay. Um, and so, uh, and you went to a GP, I gather, from your yeah. response, and you you really weren't comfortable having a male doctor look at your junk. Well, not really, because I ended up telling them, you know, the. Because there's along with that comes weird pain that you don't want to just be discussing with anybody you don't really know or anything, right? Right. Was this your family doctor? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had I had pain in the anal area, and he's like, "Oh, that sounds like a fissure to me." So then he's got me up right. on the table looking for some kind of. I mean, it was just embarrassing it, as hell, right? Like, it, come on, it's humiliating. It yes, is. 
It's humiliating. We have a lot of females that actually worked in the sexual health area in Vancouver. Toronto, I know, uh, some of my colleagues there, there's a clinic that opened up. It's called Full Mass Clinic, and it deals with erection function issues. And they insisted on all men, from the MOA to every single clinician in there. Their their population prefers that. But um, Vancouver, I don't know how you feel. But, but anyway, um, did you have any idea what this was? Did those commercials during the football games help you in any way? I'm not a football person anyway. So okay, but you've that. heard that. If you get a four-hour erection, go to an emergency department. Had you heard that? No, I hadn't. Oh, you hadn't. Okay, no. so uh, that, um, that education's been out there for a while. And do you mind if I ask you what the treatment was? Uh, it was going on about three different types of antibiotics before there was one that was strong enough. Right. Took a hold of it. Because that area is difficult to get to. Well, I, Chris, I really appreciate you sharing your story. Yeah, and, no worries. And no worries. Thank you very much. That's that's fantastic. I'm sorry it happened to you, but as you know now, you're at risk again for that happening again, right? Um, okay, so uh, you are, Chris is at risk again. He's probably and then he hung up on me. He's not too happy about that. So uh, a lot of you guys are sporting the beards these days, and uh, uh, you know a lot of women. You know, are attracted to a little bit of stubble, uh, but what does the science say? Well, there's a new study out that says, you know, you've got to have just the right amount of facial hair to uh, have women or, or to be approached by women and, um, or what turns women on or get, to get hit on. So, uh, you know, you don't, the clean shaven, a lot of women prefer clean shaven. Oh, um, Anyway, I have uh, another caller, but I just want to say that just a little bit of facial hair, just the right amount, clean, don't get your food stuck in it. And I have Randy on the line. Hello, Randy. Hi, Maureen. It's Randy. Hey, Randy. How are you? I'm okay. Good. Um, I was, as a, when I was like, younger, I used to smoke a lot of marijuana, and, like, uh, and I had this similar situation with an erection, like with my girlfriend and I. Many times I couldn't finish, and it would be like four hours, and she'd be like, wow, and and I would just be really tired. <laughs> she and, wasn't like, wow. She was like, wow. <laughs> Let's you, correct you, that. You know what happened? Whoa. <laughs> I'm you know, kidding. Yeah, you know what I mean, right? Yeah, so oh, I, I do. And, <laughs> <laughs> Only too well. <laughs> no. <laughs> Their self-esteem gets shot. And she's like, what, what's wrong with you? And for years, I didn't understand what was wrong with me. And you were smoking then, marijuana. That was a problem just when we were about to legalize that in this country. Another wow. issue. Well, that was, it's not, the, the med- it's not, wasn't the medical stuff you get these days. But the, uh, like, this was, you know, it was uh, the stuff you would Smoking buy. Smoking a bone. Uh, you yeah. were, so the marijuana, which I said was one of the reasons for, um, yeah, for, well, thanks so much for sharing your story as well, Randy. Uh, we're talking about um, beards. So maybe if you grow the right amount of facial hair, which isn't these, I, I saw this on TV, they were measuring, there's a beard contest somewhere, measuring uh, the length of beard. So, you know, just know what the right amount of facial hair is. Matt, you said you had a beard and you uh, shaved it off. Yeah, because, I used to be really proud of it. Nice and red, little Yeah, are, you've just got the right amount of facial hair, you know. Well, no, so you, I, you get to, hit on more to, now. I, with, used to um, put, I used to be... Down here, but no, I got tired um, of it. Itchy, and also my girlfriend at the time had a bit of a say into getting rid of it. But I guess. Uh, yeah. I, I don't miss it at all. Yeah, yeah. So you just have right, the right amount of stubble right now, like the right amount of facial oh, growth. You, you have. Yeah, yeah, it's perfect. So are you getting hit on? I, I mean, did I just hit on you? <laughs> no. 
<laughs> well, that's another show. But <laughs> but are you getting hit on? This is a serious subject. And I do want to get to self-care. And that starts with shaving your beard. That might be good. Um, but yes or no, get, getting hit on more? So, oh. Matt, these days, how much, what's yeah, your you vibrational know, energy that you're giving out? I mean, oh, my is, goodness. This is complex. My mom listens to this show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think that I think the ladies are liking the smooth face right now. I think the beard was... Honestly, five or six years ago. That is fantastic. Okay, so um, yeah, I think it, yeah, I think it's good. Honestly, it, it looks good. I wouldn't lie to you. I'd tell you the truth on air or off. Uh, so you know what? Just be mindful of the beard, of the facial hair that you have too much. You know, you've got noodles in it after you're or eating. Or at least and just keep it trimmed, keep right? Keep it trimmed and clean And like get cut. rid of that neck fuzz. Yeah, the that's, neck the fuzz. neck fuzz is gross. Bye-bye. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so just the right, like 24 hours. That's what I like is about 24 hours of, uh, of no shaving. And that, then that's about it. Um, just enough, if you know what I'm saying. So 50 ways to practice self-care when your mental health is down in the and that can happen this time of year. Snuggle an animal, pet other animals in public with permission. That might actually get to uh, get, you might get hit on if you do that. Say yes to having a meal with a friend you love dearly. Take a sick day from work and don't feel bad about it. A mental health day. Uh, not anybody here, of course. Uh, read a book. And I suggest We Should All Be Feminists. Don't forget that. Take frequent breaks while you're working. That's also a great idea. Stand up. Go on vacation. That's not on this list. I'm going to make up my own here. Have sex. Of course. Actually, be mindful about sex and be in the moment. Don't forget that. I often, this is one that is on this list, which uh, I will tell you where this comes from. Sit outside and look at the sky. You know, take an hour a day uh, to yourself. Sit on a park bench, do nothing. Honestly, I, I do that every single day. People would not believe that, but I do that. I do absolutely nothing. I uh, go for a stroll, take a walk throw your to-do list in the trash. Um, anyway, so lots of different things you can do. Take care of yourself. Self-help is so important. Uh, exercise, being mindful of all that. Get in touch with your feelings. Anyway, the birth fair, don't forget, February 25th and 26th at the Cloverdale Agriplex. I'll be keynote speaking there. Also, I'm the co-chair of the Autonomic International Symposium over at the Blesson Center on February 22nd. Follow me on Twitter, at back the number two, the bedroom. Remember, when you stumble on this gravel road of life, make it part of your dance. I am Maureen McGrath. You have been listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.